Bienvenidos a Crónicas de la Raza. Welcome to La Raza Chronicles. Today we bring you a very, very special program where we get to talk to some of the people who made the magic happen, did so much fighting, and fought so hard to make a space for Latino programming on KPFA. Today is Pacifica's birthday, and we're going to celebrate by sharing with you some interviews with some incredible people who really are in the reason we're here today. And all that you'll get to hear after you'll get to have a couple of our segments, which we bring you week after week to bring you insight into uh, the Latin America Latina along with Latin America. So we're going to start off by sharing with you updates from Brazil with Gio Antonio Rodriguez who brings us reports from Brazil and after that you'll get Noticias Sin Fronteras. Stay tuned. is about to get dry. Poor planning, the weather, and lack of political action are putting the richest state in the country in the middle of a water shortage crisis. The state of Sao Paulo is close to entering a crisis with no precedence. We are not sure if there will be sufficient water for the 11.3 million people that live in a greater Sao Paulo area over the next months. The lack of rain, poor planning, and structural problems are leading the wealthiest state of Brazil to a worrisome and imminent water shortage. Cantareira, the main reservoir that provides fresh water to roughly 9 million people, is at an all-time low, 12.4% of its capacity on April the 10th. Since November 2013, the company responsible for water services has been making daily announcements, bringing the bad news about the new low levels the Cantareira reaches. Weather conditions did not help either. Summer is usually rain season, but a dry air mass parked over the southeast of Brazil and kept the humidity away. At the same time, temperatures broke historic records. Sao Paulo had the hottest summer since measurements started in 1943. But the weather is not the only one to blame. A report by the University of Sao Paulo in 2009 was resurfaced this year. The document, developed under the state government's request, warned of a shortage if the system of reservoirs was not reformed. Sao Paulo, the report says, cannot fulfill its water demand. Now Governor Geraldo Alckmin is trying to make up for the lost time. He announced discounts for consumers that managed to lower their water consumption by 30% and requested the federal government's authorization to study the connection of the capital's water supply system with the Paraíba do Sul River in eastern Sao Paulo. The problem is that the Paraíba provides water for Rio de Janeiro, and Governor Sergio Cabral was not happy to learn about Alckmin's intentions. He promised to fight against this measure. Even if Alckmin's plans come to pass, it would take at least four years for it to have any effect on the drought. Too late. According to the state government, Sao Paulo has enough water until the end of the year. While the Water Authority claims there is no need for rationing, some neighborhoods are already experiencing dry faucets at night. Roosevelt Squares, theaters and bars in downtown Sao Paulo had to close early last week because there was no water. Actors couldn't even shower after the place, Folha de Sao Paulo reported. As we now enter the dry season, fall and winter, citizens start to ask themselves if the water will last until the World Cup and why the authorities waited such a long time to address this serious matter. 
One explanation may be that in October, Brazil will hold its national and state elections. And it is no coincidence that Governor Geraldo Alckmin will run for re-election. Meanwhile, the citizens' hopes the water crisis will be effectively solved seem to be evaporating. For KPFA's La Raza Chronicles, this is Diogo Antonio Rodriguez from Sao Paulo, Brazil. This is Vilma V for Noticias Sin Fronteras, news headlines without borders covering Latino community news from across the Americas for the week ending April 13th. Honduras. April marks the one-year anniversary of the indigenous Lenca people's resistance to the building of a large dam on the sacred Gualcarque River in Honduras. This Rio Blanco community has been able to prevent the Honduran-owned and internationally-backed DESA Corporation from moving forward with the dam construction. The DESA Corporation works with U.S.-funded Honduran soldiers, police, private guards, and paid assassins to crush the people's opposition to the dam. The Honduran government has accused the Council of Popular and Indigenous Organization of Honduras, known as COMPIN, of encouraging farmers to occupy their ancestral lands. The U.S. maintains six military bases in Honduras and has given the government over 40 million dollars in military and police aid since 2009, the year of the U.S.-backed military coup of then-President Manuel Zelaya. Mexico. Activists on the U.S.-Mexico border are reporting an increase in the number of unaccompanied minors attempting to cross into the U.S. from Mexico. While the average number of children apprehended attempting to cross the border averaged approximately 6,500 a year from 2004 to 2011, twice that amount, or 13,000, were apprehended in 2012, and 24,000 unaccompanied minors were apprehended in 2013. According to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the majority of the young people come from Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security predicts that the numbers for 2014 could be as high as 60,000. Founder of the Hermanos en el Camino, Father Alejandro Solalind, said that in the past, for every 1,000 migrants, we saw one child. Today, the number of children who pass through the shelter is shocking. Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico, for the first time since being annexed by the U.S. in 1898, the population count has declined. The Center of Puerto Rican Studies indicate that the natural growth rate of the Caribbean island has declined 13% between 2012 and 2013. Its overall population has dropped from approximately 3.7 million to 3.6 million in 2014. An estimated half a million Puerto Ricans have emigrated in the last decade, contributing to this drop in population. This is fueled by a labor participation rate of just over 40%, one of the lowest rates in the entire world. The unemployment rate in Puerto Rico remains over 15%, despite claims that the U.S. economy is in recovery. Its debt-to-income ratio is at 83%, which is 14 times the same measure of states like New York and California. This economic crisis is compounded by government corruption and malfeasance. Former Governor Pedro Rosello's administration, who was in power from 2005 to 2009, saw almost 40 members of his cabinet indicted for corruption, including his secretary of the Department of Education. Venezuela. 
The government of Venezuela, led by President Nicolás Maduro, recently initiated face-to-face -face dialogues with members of the opposition party, including opposition leader Enrique Capriles. These televised meetings were part of a, quote, good-faith campaign that had been promoted by the governments of Ecuador, Brazil, and Colombia. The talks aim at achieving a peaceful coexistence between the socialist government committed to continuing the Bolivarian revolution begun by the late President Hugo Chávez and those who remain in opposition. The first meeting lasted over six hours and included a message from Pope Francis. Finally, speaking of Pope Francis, last Friday he publicly and personally apologized on behalf of the Catholic Church for the childhood sexual abuses committed by members of the Catholic clergy. He stated, quote, I feel an obligation to take responsibility for the harm perpetrated by some priests, a small number compared to all priests, and personally apologize for the damage caused by the sexual abuse of children. While it's true that the previous Pope, Pope Benedict, apologized for the past abuses, this was the first time that Pope Francis spoke out publicly on this issue, adding, No se juega con los niños, which translates to, you don't, quote, play with children. This has been a summary of some of the latest news from Latino America. I'm Vilma V for Noticias Sin Fronteras and La Raza Chronicles. If you have a news item that you would like to share, please email us at larasachronicles at kpfa.org. to Orquestra Aragón straight from Havana and they're going to be here this this 20th of April this Sunday this very Sunday and I think that is actually Easter Sunday and they're going to be here at San Francisco State University on Holloway Avenue and La Raza Chronicles is offering two tickets one pair of tickets to the performance and the $40 a piece tickets are yours for $50 for the two tickets by giving a donation to KPFA. So if you call 510-848-5732, 848-5732, or 1-800-439-5732, you will get that one pair of tickets because the one pair of tickets is all that we have. And they're two $40 seats. And the pair is $50, so you're going to have great seats. It's at San Francisco State University at McKenna Hall. The concert starts at 6 o'clock, and there's an afterwards party at 7.45, right after the concert, that you can enjoy. And people can call now. They can call 510-848-5732. It's only a pair of tickets, so we're only going to announce a couple more times. We get on it. Move fast. It's 1-800-439-5732 or 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Y puedes disfrutar. You can be with your friends and family and enjoy a very rare act. 
act, musical act, Orquesta Aragón, which you can hear behind us right now. You can hear this wonderful music. You will want to dance. And not only is Orquesta Aragón playing, oh, I see one caller. Oh, I hope that caller gets the tickets because not only are they playing, but the Afro-Cuban salsa group from San Francisco State is playing and the Charanga group from City College is playing. So it's going to be a real party. That's 848-5732. Oh, the lights are lighting up. There go those tickets. Yes, you are lighting up the lights. Thank you, KPFA listeners. And Muchas people, gracias. Hey, sorry, Nina, to interrupt, but if you do happen to call and you didn't get a chance to get those tickets, you can support the the station that brings you this type of events, this type of music, and you can get a wonderful uh, T-shirt or a um, you can get a great hat and show your support and show your love for KPFA and thank Pacifica on its birthday. And you can do that by calling 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. So we're going to transition because um, it's, uh, we're going to move on to a really exciting part of our show, which is a time where we get to recognize, honor, celebrate the wonderful history of, of Latino, of Chicano programming, of Raza programming on Pacifica. And it's really just an, something that we wouldn't be here today. Cronicas would not exist. La Raza Chronicles would not be a show on KPFA that you could even get information around, that you could find out about wonderful shows like like La Orquesta Aragón that's playing this Sunday, you couldn't hear that if it wasn't for people like Raúl Torres. Raúl Torres is someone who really is a pioneer in the radio world. He um, just decided to take a leap and make enter the world radio because he felt like it was so necessary, important. Thank you so much, Raúl, for coming here and being part of the show. Muchas gracias. Thank you. Uh, I am just delighted that we have moved as far as we have in uh, communications, especially in radio and film uh, with the Latino community. When I first started back in 1971 with the idea that we could have our own program at KPFA, because one, I felt it was a liberal station. Two, I felt that there was an opportunity to learn here to develop our own core of Latinos, especially Mexican-Americans at the time, because that was my background, to uh, create radio programming that would reach and speak to the bilingual community in Oakland and the Bay Area, San Francisco, uh, El Cerrito, Albany, uh, all the areas in Hayward and San Lorenzo. Uh, so I, I felt very uh, uh, positive that if we had an opportunity, it could happen. And it did, finally. And so, Raúl Torres, tell us about what influence or what difference you think the programming that you all did. First of all, maybe let our listeners know, what kind of issues did you all cover? What, were, what was really relevant and pertinent to the community? Well, at the time, we were concerned about the farm workers, for instance. Uh, that was one of the issues. Uh, we were also concerned, especially in East Oakland, uh, the Fruitvale Service Center was coming uh, to fruition, and there was going to be a place where Latinos could get help in uh family issues and in, 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 uh, health issues and uh, in areas similar to, to now. In fact, even, even issues about food, where they could go when their family didn't have enough food to feed their family to the end of the week. And uh, we helped with some PSAs that I believe encouraged people to look for help. And it was a small voice, but 
but had a large audience of people who were in need of hearing bilingual programming, not just programming in Spanish, but programming that was in English, and that would speak to those who were now second-generation Latinos who were really experiencing the American way of life without all of the tools that were needed to survive here. That's the voice of Raul Torres. He's speaking of his work as a pioneer, really bringing Chicano, Latino, Raza voices to air and really performing, filling in a void that was very huge. Raul, can you tell us about how you got into this in terms of it was 1971. There weren't a lot of, unfortunately, it wasn't a super open door for, you know, come on, come all. A lot of people were saying, hey, do we even really need to hear from those people? Well, tell us about what your experience well, was. Well, I, I had an opportunity to meet uh, um, Bill Stein and Hal Levin, and they were working for Pacific Archives. And so I sort of came into KPFA by the side door. I spoke to them first about what they thought I could possibly get, and they suggested that I should speak to the manager. At the time, I believe it was Larry Lee, and uh, at the end of my tenure here with the programming, it ended up being, uh, I think, Michael Pritchard, I think, was the final manager here that I dealt with. But uh, there was some opposition, and it wasn't accepted at first, and then they, uh, Bill in particular, helped push the fact that why not give us a chance? By us, it was actually just me at the time, and then and then I, I talked Hal Levin, his assistant, into being my board manager and uh, my engineer, and then uh, from there about. Within three weeks, I had uh, Jeff Emiliano Echeverria helping me, and he had been working here at the station as a volunteer for a number of years, and he had just gotten out of some difficulties uh, with the draft and, and legal issues, but he was working here. And uh, he and I ended up getting along well enough to try and put the program together within three weeks. And we started with, I think, six albums, of which we probably wore out the albums to play Latino music. And we started to reach out to the community soon after that. And it was within, uh, within a three-month period, I was able to reach out and get... Uh, people to participate to help us in writing and setting up a dialogue that would work on radio and I ended up with a collective of almost 11 people and uh, this was all real fast I, I think I had a lot of sleepless nights doing that I was raising two children at this time uh, was recently divorced and was uh, going to be and, and was trying to, to handle and juggle that also with a job because I was a volunteer here. I wasn't getting paid. So this was a, a labor of love for my community. I'd come from community organizing and I felt that uh, we could succeed. And I, uh, some of the opposition said, well, we'll help you develop the programming. And I didn't want that. I wanted us Latinos to develop our programming because I figured once we learned and once we were able to get a handle on it, then we could progress and move forward with our own programming. And I'm very delighted to tell you that the 11 folks that ended up being part of our programming, and you'll get their names later on in this program, uh, were very, very helpful in making Reflexiones de la Raza a success. 
That's the voice of Raul Torres. He's speaking about an essential history. So we all wouldn't be here today. Pacifica would be a lot worse off if it wasn't for all those sleepless nights. He's really a pioneer in the radio world. And we really want to thank him for all his work. KPFA and Pacifica is run primarily by volunteers, people who do it because they come from an orientation of servicing their community and working towards a larger good. So we, today is Pacifica's birthday. And since you are someone who has such an intimate relationship with with Pacifica, you two have grown together in many ways. Tell us, what do you think, um, Raul, when you think about the importance of Pacifica, when you think about the importance of community radio, why should people call 1-800-439-5732? Why should people call 510-848-5732 and support and keep the station going? Why is community radio so essential? I think the fact that it gives people who may have no experience in radio or communications an opportunity, if they really want to to participate and I know it opened an avenue for a lot of us in the Latino community and so therefore I would recommend that todos que están oyendo este programa Consider giving a little bit of your funds to help KPFA stay alive because it does support our brothers and sisters who are in the struggle to get into communications. You may not see it as much now as I did in 1971 and 72, but we still need more Latinos coming through and learning to be their own engineers and to produce their own programs and from there maybe move on to other venues such as television and making movies. The recent uh, film uh, that came out by Cesar of Cesar Chavez was a good example of getting an audience finally for Latino causes and Latino issues and I think that that's why KPFA is a good foundation for those within the Latino community helping support KPFA stay alive and so please consider contributing to kpfa and uh, to the uh, stations that uh, do public radio so the number to call to support us as raul recommends is 510-848-5732 that's 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732 Please call us because that is how we stay on the air. It's your donations that keep the Latino voice on the air. You've heard from Raul what a struggle it was. And to keep us on the air, we need your support. Thank you, caller. So we're, um, uh, we really want to thank Raul Torres. We want to thank all the work that he has done with Comunicación Nacional, with the, all the work that they've done. Reflexiones de la Raza is really the reason that Cronicas is here today. And we really want to thank all the work that he's done. We hope to play some features. We want to play some of the archives because there is an extensive archive of all the great work that you all have done. Another part of KPFA and a lot of part, another part of Pacifica. And I'm sure that Raul Torres's show also had a lot to do this was is spotlighting community events. So we're going to go to our community calendar, which we bring you week after week, and we'll share with you some upcoming community events, and then you can um, find out what's happening and definitely take part in events you wouldn't know about otherwise. But we need you to light those lights. That's 848-5732, 848-5732. Come on, go to your phone, and if you're out of the Bay Area, it's one 800 439 
Hola, bienvenidas y bienvenidos al calendario de las crónicas de la raza. I'm Sylvia Mullally Aguirre, and here are some upcoming events that sound very, very exciting. This Friday, April 18th, at the Mission Cultural Center for Latino Arts, a poetry reading and closing reception for the Solo Mujeres Show, Home, Inside Out, an interdisciplinary exhibit featuring the poetry of Nina Serrano. Oh, that's right, Nina Serrano of La Raza Chronicles, Adriana Camarena, Renea Cuteñe, and Susana Aragón. And there will also be an open mic with Nina Serrano and Renea Cuteñe from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. That is at the Mission Cultural Center for Latino Arts this Friday from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Open mic and reception for the Solo Mujeres show. For more information, go to www.missionculturalcenter.org. Loco Bloco celebrates 20 years of providing youth development through community arts. Loco Bloco will host their annual Blocura Gala on April 19th at 6 p.m. at Patio Español. The celebration will highlight 20 years of mission district culture, art, and community and will include live performances by Loco Bloco and Bionics. San Francisco Supervisor David Campos, a longtime supporter of the organization, will host. For more information about Loco Loco Bloco's 20-year celebration of providing youth development through community arts, please contact Annie Jupiter Jones at 415-864-5626, extension 9. And at La Galeria de la Raza, this upcoming Friday, April 18th at 7 p.m., author Lorenzo Herrera y Lozano will be presenting the release of his brand new book, Amor Maricón. A decade after his debut title, Santo de la Pata Alzada, Poems from the Queer Chicano Positive Pen, Lorenzo Herrera y Lozano returns with a collection of poems exploring queer Chicano desires, literal and mythical homelands, and brown bodies in perpetual displacement. More information, www.galeriadelaraza.org. On Tuesday, April 22nd, that's next Tuesday, April 22nd at 7.30 p.m. La Peña Cultural Center presents Eric Leanson, the coordinator of the International Project, a socially responsible enterprise and local development in Cuba. Eric Leanson will lead a discussion on the many important changes taking place in Cuba, including the brand new foreign investment law. Para más información, www.lapeña.org. Y para esta semana, esto ha sido el calendario de las crónicas de la raza. Yo soy Silvio Malalia. Ha sido un placer. Buenas noches. Ciao. You just heard a calendar of upcoming ele- events put on by Sylvia Mulali. We want to thank her for her work. So I have in the studio another really essential um, radio person who has also made way for Latino programming here at KPFA. Raul Torres mentioned um, Emiliano Cheveria. We're lucky to have him here in the studio. He's no stranger to KPFA in the sense that he's, he continues to produce constant programming. Thank you so much, Emiliano, for being here. Thank you for having me. So, Emiliano, we, so we got a little bit of an introduction 
Raul Torres mentioned that you had been working here and that you were one of the first people to connect with Comunicación um, de Aslan and that you guys were ta- Reflexiones de la Raza. So tell us about the types of programming that you, you know, you're a young person, 1971, you're, th- you're really excited about transforming the world and sharing music. Tell us about some of the things that you started doing. Well, we, I, one of the things that we were doing was uh, reaching out and doing remotes. For example, we would cover school board meetings. We would cover uh, local political gatherings. Um, we often would go and just record and uh, take and see uh, like local cultural events, like mariachi dances or uh, salsa dances or whatever. Uh, the other thing we also began to do was to train people. Uh, we trained. Uh, in fact, almost everybody in the collective had to be trained because actually I was the only one, and Nina and I were the only people in the group that had previous radio experience. But at the, initially, Nina was not in the group at the time, so I was the one who had to take care of the uh, engineering and technical ends of the program. So that's why if you were to listen to the recordings of the program, you'll hardly ever hear me because I was busy in the back room, as they say, uh, doing that. Well, one of the uh, people who came by to be trained uh, was Chata Gutierrez, who ended up a longtime DJ in San Francisco, award-winning broadcaster, and uh, who recently passed away. Uh, We also trained into broadcasting the broadcasting world, Daniel Del Solar, uh, Andres and Isabel Alegria, who had had some experience with some technology, got into their broadcast careers. Um, And then uh, what happened that really was what made the group happen was, as like I said before, we were doing remotes and things like that. And somebody came up with the brilliant idea that uh, this was 1972, incidentally. Uh, KPFA and Pacifica had covered the Democratic and Republican National Conventions. And they were very proud of the fact that they used a Western Union system to distribute it to their affiliates. Well, uh, we decided, well, we, there's a political party called La Raza Unida. Let's cover that. Uh, and let's do that. So... Uh, I uh, contacted Nina, and uh, she joined us. Uh, Andres and Ila, uh, Isabel Alegria officially joined us. Rodrigo Reyes had been working with us previously, another person who I trained, who ended up becoming the director of the Mission Cultural Center and one of the founders of the Gay Latino Movement Gala, uh, a very, very wonderful uh, gentleman who passed away in December of 1991 of AIDS, and we miss him terribly. Um, and so... Uh, by the uh, the end of the summer of 1972, uh, we're covering this political convention in El Paso. And when we came back, we realized that we had something going. We should try to expand on this. Within a month of that informal gathering of people to go down to El Paso, we started forming this group. And we called it Comunicación Aslan, meaning Comunicación of the Land of Aslan. Aslan is the historic traditional name of the southwest of the United States. So that was, so we decided to do that, to call ourselves Comunicación Aslan. And for about the next six months or so, we formed the group, its style, its development. People got more and more developed into broadcast skills as the time went on. So that by the middle of 1973, we were pretty consistent in producing not only Reflexiones de la Raza, but in our larger involvement with starting the Third World Department here at KPFA. We were also producing on Saturdays. Uh, one, the first program would be Saturday morning, which is a program produced by Third World Women. Then we would have Reflexiones de la Raza, which would be from 11 until 1. And then the weeknights, we'd have the Third World News, and then 
we would have our salsa program from 11.30 at night until whenever we shut the transmitter off. Because in those days, that's what you would do if you ran out of time. Say, okay, time to go night. Shut the thing down, <laughs> off we went. So we would do that. And then those were the days when, when Chata and I would take the F bus over here because there was not a BART yet. You see, so we would take the F bus, AC Transit, over to KPFA here. And uh, if we stayed until 5.30 in the morning, we would catch the first bus. You see, um, we started getting into a regimen of pre-production on Thursday nights, which would last 12 hours. And that would take care of the responsibilities for each week. So we would be in that studio, and sometimes people would be half asleep, and I would be editing and editing and editing away, and... Other people would wake up, do their announcing parts, go back to sleep, and we'd throw it all together. And on that Saturday, we would have we'd have the finished program all ready to go and going out. Um, and then uh, we had some we had some struggle with the station. We had struggles with the station over priorities and hirings and management. Uh, I was banned from KPFA in July of 1973. But more importantly, to the Comunicación Aslan story was two months later. Two months later. You were out in this, you know, we had our headquarters in a little barn out in the Mission District. And we heard on the news that Salvador Allende had been overthrown. I fired up my shortwave radios and Comunicación Aslan swung into action. We were providing information and news to major media outlets. Time Magazine, Newsweek Magazine, and CBS Radio came to us for information and background on what in the world was going on down in Chile. Okay? We were listening to, I was listening to clandestine radio broadcasts of Radio Havana. Lincoln Bergman, our friend here from KPFA, was working as a producer at Radio Havana at that time and making sure we got stuff so it was and then shortly after that we then we got we helped put together a benefit at Glide Church uh, a poetry reading at Glide Church and I want to mention one more thing before I conclude and that is our involvement with the poets in the Bay Area we developed a, an ongoing relationship with many of the most important poets here in the Bay Area in addition to Nina and Avachi we had Roberto Vargas Alejandro Morguia Serafin Sequea uh, Tulani Incavin uh, all kinds of interesting people come through our microphones and make their statements on our airwaves. And we did this consistently, uh, even to the point where we were involved in a festival at Stanford University called the Festival del Sexto Sol. And then shortly after that, we started a program called Como Misante Pasados, a whole hour-long documentary program. Amazing programs. If you were to hear them today, they're still amazing programs. 35 years later, covering various aspects of the history of Latin America. So that's how Comunicación Aslan grew and developed from just a couple of guys and a couple of friends trying to put together a program to serve the community to a very highly efficient collect collectiva of people cranking out these programs on a regular basis. So that's the voice of Emiliano Cheveria. We are very lucky to have him here and share this important history. So we only have about 30 more seconds with you, Emiliano, but we'd love to have you share with our listeners why you think it's so essential that they support Pacifica and support KPFA. We're in FunDrive. People can call 510-848-5732 or 1-800-HEY-KPFA. What do you think? Why? 
Well, there wasn't, without Pacifica, we wouldn't have done what we did because there wasn't a KPOO at that time. Uh, there was not a KBBF at that time. We were, in a lot of ways, a prototype of a lot of what happened in bilingual broadcasting at Salsa Broadcasting here in California. We, we set the template for a lot of what was done. We weren't the only ones doing it, but we did a lot of it. And it happened right here at KPFA, uh, right here in, these stu- in the studios over on Shattuck Avenue, uh, where we were able to do that. Now, a lot of the now, you're not going to get that at, uh, at a commercial station. You're, you're simply not going to get that at a commercial station. And even at NPR and many of the other stations, they're not going to, we would not have allowed what we did. Um, we had a certain amount of latitude here, and we also pushed the boundaries a little bit, too. So what we would like you to do is really consider uh, supporting KPFA. The number to call here is 510-848-5732, or if you're out of the area, it's 800-439-5732. Uh, the, uh, they're trying to get a lot of money here together. They've already gotten $24,500. They need a whole lot more to keep this place on the air. There's a DVD available called KPFA on the air, and it's $100 for uh, uh, your contribution. Also, there's a, a CD uh, uh, called uh, uh, 65 Years, or there's another one called 65 Voices. That's for $165. Now, here's a great one. Here's Orquesta Aragon. Orquesta Aragon. You already gave away those tickets, so unfortunately, even <clears throat> I agree that that's a wonderful unfortunately well we tried we tried you know but um thank you so so much we're very very lucky to have emiliano still coming through and still producing excellent programming here at kpfa we're gonna listen to a little bit of orquesta aragon and we're gonna transition to our next guest thank you again thank you Welcome back. You're listening to Cronicas de la Raza, La Raza Chronicles. So we are having an incredible time here hearing some history that we don't get to hear and talk enough about. So we're talking to people who are essential to ensuring that there's Latino voices, Chicano voices, voices of Raza folks on air at KPFA covering issues pertinent to the community. I'm here joined by Andres Alegria, who's dedicated his work to highlighting injustice, to addressing um, social issues, and to ensuring that voices that are otherwise unheard get a place and a platform. Thank you so much, Andres, for being here. Well, thank you for inviting us. So, Andres, it's just such an honor to to be here with you. You're someone who's really been essential in really making a space like this available, and you very much utilize the airways to tell stories that wouldn't have been told. So, why don't you walk our listeners through some of the things that you got to do through your programming here at KPFA? Wow. Well, you know, um, I was originally... Uh, involved in filmmaking and video and uh, uh, Raul 
essentially dragged me in <laughs> to help out. And this, for me, was a, uh, an opportunity to, you know, learn a number of things that have really helped me over the years. Learned me to, it uh, taught me to how to write for broadcast, taught me how to produce live radio live broadcasting, which, um, you know, I went on to do in television as well. Um, and it connected me to a uh, an audience out there that was, you know, so supportive and that uh, I think really appreciated the kind of work that we were doing um, because it was, in fact, work that people had never heard before. And um, so it, it was just a, a great opportunity to participate in something that had, um, you know, s- some real impact, I think. And, of course, it was uh, a, an opportunity for great personal growth as well. That's the voice of Andres Alegria. He's talking about when he first started here at KPFA, working on this Pacifica station. The year was 1972. It was a few years ago, and it was a time where, really, as you said, it was groundbreaking. These voices, these stories were not being told. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you were drawn to covering and addressing during those years? Well, you know, um, my background was uh, in Latin America, so my father was from Chile, my mother from El Salvador. So I was uh, definitely interested in issues having to do with Latin America. And I think that that's probably uh, a, a lot of what I concentrated on. And I think that we did some really groundbreaking uh, coverage in terms of Latin American issues, uh, Latin American culture, and uh, Latin American history. The other thing that I was particularly interested in was the uh, Nueva Cancion, what was called back then La Nueva Cancion, which was the new song movement that came out of uh, countries like Cuba, Chile, Argentina. And um, we were able to do a lot of programming uh, back early 70s all the way through the early 80s, which is when I finished broadcasting here at KPFA, a lot of programming uh, about Latin American music. And so, Andres, if you were to think about some of the ways that you you said you got really, it was very well received, that you felt that this was, uh, these were stories that needed to be told and the audience, KPFA audience was really eager to hear it. So tell us about examples that you felt that, you know, were, was it through community events? Was it through callers? Was it through listeners? Was it supporting community functions and, and supporting uh, benefits and doing that work? How did you feel that connection to the listeners? Well, I think it was all of those things. Um, we reg- regularly connected to um, our listeners through events, through uh, community affairs, through uh, supporting events that were going on in the community. Um, we also, you know, we did attempt along the ways a few times to do live call-in shows. Um, but, you know, I always felt sitting at the microphone doing the show, even if I was alone, I always felt the audience out there. You know, I felt that there was... And and the reason I felt it was because I knew that as soon as I communicated, uh, whether it was information, whether it was a, a new piece of music, 
or whatever, I knew that there would be a response. And we did get response. We'd get calls. We'd get letters. And um, people would come to us also to ask us to help out with their benefits, their events, uh, whatever affairs they were involved in in the community. So we're speaking to Andres Alegría. He got involved with KPFA and was involved with Comunicaciones, um, Reflexiones de la Raza, and, and um, he was a big big part of telling some of these essential stories. So we are in 2014. It's KPFA's birth. It's sorry, Pacifica's birthday, and we're at a point where people are asking the question, does community radio matter? And so it's wonderful to hear about what role it's played in your life. So Andres, if you were to think about 1972 the, to the 80s, where you spent a lot of time programming and dedicated to working on the shows here. Um, how did that influence your life in terms of your professional and your personal dedication to social issues? Well, I think it, it's established and cemented my commitment to working on so, uh, social political issues. And I do to this day. And um, I think it, it formed uh, a basis for continuing to do that type of work, whether it was radio or television or film. And uh, it's absolutely crucial that there are people that continue to do that because it's, it's information that needs to be heard. So we are here at KPFA's bir- uh, Pacifica's birthday, and we're asking folks to show their support. Um, people can call 510-848-5732 or 1-800-HEY-KPFA. So, Andres, if you could just um, tell people, you know, you have your life has been directly, you've dedicated so much of your life and hours of work to making community radio possible. If you were to, if someone on the street, you would have to tell them, okay, this is why community radio matters. What, what, what else would you tell them? Well, I would just tell them that they they are going to hear something that they're not going to hear anywhere else. And that if they value that, they should tune in, they should listen, and they should support. Supporting is absolutely necessary. Yes, we need your support. And you can give it by calling 510-848-5732, 510-848-5732, or one 800 439-5732. So, Andres, one thing I wanted to just go back to is a lot of people don't realize the impact and the necessary, just basically the drive and the number of hours of volunteer work that is required to make a community station happen. I think a lot of people are shocked all the time when I tell them that when I work on Cronicas, but you spend, you know, 15 hours a week on Cronicas. How are you unpaid? That's not, this makes sense. I'm like, no, it's, you know, it's 2005 to now. This is my, this is the one concept in my life, you know, and so but I, I feel like I have to justify and people look at me like I'm crazy. Um, so could you exp- tell us a little bit about how, uh, you know, the volunteer aspect, the hours of dedication and what it takes to make radio happen? Well, I think you are a little crazy. I think we're all <laughs> we're all a little crazy, but it's good crazy, you know, and, and it just uh, it's work that that has to be done. And I work on television shows also that are are well-funded, the commercial television shows. And I know what the, what the effort, what the labor is worth. And um, the reason that, that you do it, the reason that we do it, is because we have a commitment to doing this. And, and it, that's what makes it important. And it has, uh, it, it represents 
of, of value. The, I think the listeners and uh, viewers, if it's film or, or television, I think they do appreciate it. And I think they do support it when asked. So this is the perfect opportunity to ask people to call. They can call 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. And Nina, I just want to say that, you know, we have these great t-shirts and, and we have these great hats and all these different things to offer. And the reason they're important is because it does create community. When you walk down the street and you see a bumper sticker or you see someone wearing a hat or a t-shirt and you can start that conversation, know that you probably have something in common with this person. Well, people can get our new 65th anniversary designed KPFA t-shirt in size medium, large, extra large, and even double large for a contribution of $65. That's our thank you gift. Our thank you gift for supporting free speech radio. We also have a grocery bag, a handsome black cloth bag that says KPFA that you can proudly put your organic food in or go to the farmer's market and receive a lot of smiles. And that's for a donation of $30. A donation of $30 will get you a beautiful KPFA grocery bag, the sixth anniversary, 65th anniversary, the 65th anniversary. Imagine that. And I ha- we have in the studio with us Andres Alegria. He's currently producing a feature-length documentary called Song for Caesar, the Music and the Movement. Um, and that's just one way that he's continuing to highlight these issues and these stories that he began telling um, in 1972 here on... He started. He did those beforehand, but he began on KPFA and in Pacifica telling these stories. He pro- hosts and produced programming for 10 years on public radio as, comuni- as a member of Comunicación Aslan, the Community Information Network. And he... Has has continued that work to this day. So thank you so much, Andres. Is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with to have them understand in terms of what work it took to build a space for Latino broadcast, for Latino programming here on on KPFA and why it's so necessary to keep voices, a space for Latin America, Latinos, for Chicanos, for folks that um, want to understand what's happening south of the border and want to hear more than just the sound bites? Well, I think that people should know that what you're doing here with your show um, tonight uh, didn't exist before we did it. And that when Raul Torres walked into KPFA in 1971 and asked for a show, he began what was basically a cultural shift that um, happened in non-commercial radio and I think in broadcasting in general. So I think that um, this show that you produce is a continuation of that and serves an incredibly valuable purpose to our communities. And people should support that. Thank you so much. And they can do that by calling 510-848-5732 or 1-800-HEY-KPFA. And there's a whole bunch of ways that you can support the station. You get a great DVD, KPFA on the air. You can get... 65 voices that's three cds you know a huge jump drive filled with all these wonderful speakers everyone from Gore Vidal, alan ginsburg everyone it's just it's june jordan dolores huerta we've got a lot of folks here that i'm sure our listeners angela davis and arndotti roy naomi klein these are all wonderful important voices that you hear on kpfa you don't hear them on every station so we're going to get a chance now to turn to nina who's still as you you hear her week to week um one wonderful production on this 
this show, and she's been dedicated to um, to focusing on these issues for many, many years now. So we're going to get to go full circle since Nina continues to produce radio here on KPFA. So Nina, you've gotten a chance to hear hear the voices of hear Raúl Torres, who really was the person who forced his way in and said, "Hey, we need this. Our community demands that our voices be heard." Then we got to hear from Emiliano Cheveria, who also continues to work on the station, but who's dedicated his life also to ensuring that we hear music from parts of the world that are actually, we have policies against even listening that are almost prohibited banned countries so we get to hear that music from him. Then we've gotten to hear from Andres Alegria who has continued his documentary work, his storytelling through video but that was essential part of telling the stories of America Latina and highlighting all the issues and justice issues that we face, that unfortunately we still face today. So Nina, so t- tell us, you're reflecting on these wonderful stories of the compadres that you've worked with, the people who've been essential to making this all happen. Tell us what you're thinking now on Pacifica's birthday. I'm thinking I'm so proud. I'm so proud that these are my compañeros and that there were so many wonderful moments that we shared together, such creative moments, and they were all moments inside the movement for social change, and that's what gave everything its special flavor, and that's what still puts the salsa into our program today, that we are committed to social change, and we've seen a lot of social change, but we're not satisfied. It's just not enough. We got our foot in the door, but we want more, more equality, more or less economic gap. We want equality, and it was a pleasure to be part of the first Latino collective and something that for me, just reflecting on it, has been so wonderful to see that throughout the whole spectrum of since we had Comunicación Aslan, there's always been the connection of, of, of movement work with music involving culture work, involving community work, and making those connections with America Latina. This is not a new thing. It's not something that Crónicas de la Raza started doing. These connections have been made since the beginning. So I um, really want to highlight that if you're someone that believes that you know there's no revolution if you can't dance, that what's the point of fighting if you're not going to hear um, incredible music and be rejuvenated by the work of the fellow poets, etc. That's something that we want to highlight, that this has been since the beginning. So when you look back and you think about Pacifica's birthday and how far we've come, why do you think it's so essential, Nina, that we... You, you, you always say, it, you know, we can't step away. I know we're tired, but if we step away, this this space will disappear. Tell us about that. Well, that's, that's just what happens, that if you stop or if you step away... Other things rush in because the world hates a vacuum. So we have to keep it alive, and we do keep it alive. One of the things that Emiliano referred to was the coup in Chile. And one of the ways we were so connected, not just with learning to be good broadcasters, we were connected with the struggles in our community on a daily basis. So when the coup in Chile happened, we were very informed, and that's why the rest of the world came to us. And we were very informed because Andres's father, who later turned out to be my mentor in poetry, Fernando Alegría, because he is a great writer, 22 books to his credit, he was on his way to have a meeting with Mrs. Allende when the coup happened and he watched 
as the Moneda was bombed and burned. And that was one of the ways that we were able to be a resource because we, through our families, through our friends, through our neighbors, we were connected to what was happening on the ground. And as it turned out, all over the world, we were connected, certainly all over the Latino world. We had family, we had friends. So that was a very important factor, and that's a very important factor today. If you are part of a community group, you know you can send a PSA to La Raza Chronicles. Mm -hmm. And with just the smallest nudge, we go crazy to get it on the air. You don't know what we go through to squeeze in that extra minute of recording. You know that you have a place where you can come and talk to the entire community about your concerns and about your events. So that's why I feel that we can't give up one minute of our airtime. And the thing that Emiliano didn't mention, he did mention that we had struggles, but he didn't mention that our our having our collective and our radio time led to the development of a, a third world strike at KPFA. There was a big strike and all the people who believed that there should be women's programming and women's department, that there should be African American voices on the air, that there should be gay voices on the air, all of them went on strike until we got a new manager who was open to that. And so today, if you're standing in the halls in KPFA, it's a rainbow out there. It's a rainbow in our lobby. It's a rainbow on the air. And you've got to keep us on the air. And people can do that by calling 510-848-5732 or 1-800-HEY-KPFA, 1-800-439-5732. No donation is too large. We mean that. No donation is too large. And, you know, it can be any size, and we really want it. We have these wonderful thank you gifts, but the reason that we do this, day in, day out, the reason that we're so dedicated to this work is that we believe it's essential to have the community space. People can always email LaRazaChronicles at kpfa.org, and we always do our best to highlight any kind of social issue. We covered the murder of Alex Nieto last week and by the by San Francisco PD in Bernal Heights, a, a, a sad, sad consequence to changing San Francisco and gentrification and um, policies that are putting profits over people. We've been covering what's been happening in Venezuela. We've had pretty consistent coverage there. We had our Noticias Sin Fronteras today, which is really essential. And then we had our community calendar as we bring you week in, week out. These are our ways of giving and sharing what we think is essential that's not being covered elsewhere. Unfortunately, you turn on the news, you read about Venezuela, you're not going to get a very complete picture. So we only have about a minute or two left. We We'd love to see a couple more calls because these calls show Pacifica, they show KPFA that Latino voices matter and that these issues in Latin America are affect us all. I, you know, we all come at this from different places. I'm Mexican and Argentinian. I want to highlight the stories of my community, but really I just, I don't want any more misinformation out there. I don't want the only stories we see to be about illegals or undocumented people or, oh, poor, poor struggling folks. I want to hear about all the resistance because we all have a legacy of resistance all over the global south and we need to highlight that and lift it up. So 
We want everyone to call 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. People can get this great DVD, KPFA On Air, get this wonderful um, MP3 with great interviews with all kinds of people. You can get incredible voices, over 50 hours of voices. It's a lot a lot there. That's 510-848-5732. And um, Nina, what do you want to add? We have about a minute left. I want to say muchas gracias to the people who have called in and muchas gracias to that person on the air and I want you to join that person so they don't feel lonely so call, please call and support Latino Voices and La Raza Chronicles Cronicas de la Raza 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732 and you can also do it online www.kpfa. And I really want to take a moment to thank Raul Torres, to thank Andres Alegria, to thank Emiliano Echeverria, to thank Nina, and to also say that people can access old programs from Comunicación Aslan, Reflexiones de la Raza, at Freedom Archives. So people can go to Freedom Archives, and it's an important way to access this essential resource. That's these, unfortunately, these issues are still relevant. We, um, we still have a long way to go. So we want to thank everyone, and um, we want to also thank Carla, our our board op and we look forward to to seeing you all next week and muchísimas gracias um, thank you for listening